Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. I'm super excited. I get to talk this week with a teammate of mine from college and Bianca Henninger is a player, a person that if you know her, you are so happy to call her a friend. She's kind and funny and laughs at all my jokes, which I just thought I was funny, but I found out in this interview She does that with everybody, which kind of made me a little bit sad. But Bianca talks about how she had an ACL injury when she was in high school and how it was really hard because she had to learn a lot about herself at a young age. She learned that everybody's body is different and she had to take some days off. One of the biggest things she learned was it begins and ends in your mind. That staying in the moment and being present is so key. What her favorite exercise is that she still does to this day to help her stay fit. Her love for photography and a really cool contest that we're going to have with you guys, which I'm super pumped about. And how in the midst of everything that's going on with her right now, she never takes a moment for granted, something that she's learned and taken to heart throughout her whole life and how it's really helping her right now. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Bianca Henninger. She is a fun person with a lot of experience, a lot of love to give. And without any more talking, here she is. I remember you being injured when you were like being recruited. So that makes sense to me. And I think that's really cool. Hopefully you remember some of the stuff from that process because so many people, I think, not only listening to this, but um, with the ACL club are high school age. And for me, it's like really hard to relate to that because that wasn't where I, when I tore my ACL. Yeah. So going, um, I guess I want to start off from there, from the beginning. And you're in high school and you're playing soccer. You grew up in Northern California playing with Deanza. Did you play with Deanza? I did. Not Deanza Force, but like we were our own little club, like our little side club before all these like, you know, huge clubs came about. So you were elitists. Yeah, no, we were like the down home, like the forces, the, the big club were the elitists. I'm just kidding. Um, so, and were you a goalkeeper from the beginning or are you a field player at all? Um, yeah, I was a field player until I was about like 11 or 12 um, with my dad. Like that was when he was coaching me and we had a great little team that I like loved. We were off like really close, like, you know, a lot of really good players. And then um, we lost in like the semifinals of state cup and my like, my cute dad was like, you know, uh, I didn't play soccer. So I think this is about as much like soccer knowledge I can bestow on you. I think your journey needs to go elsewhere if you want to develop. Or he was like, I'm just taking myself out of the picture so you can make that choice. And so then I went to go be a goalkeeper because I just love doing the trainings. Oh, okay. And you got to be a little crazy. Like you, I mean, how, how do you stand back there and just like, prepare yourself for some of these people that are shooting against you I mean I think of some of the people now in the league and I'm like I would never want to stand in front of their shot let alone yeah. try to block it yeah you think you're do you think you're a little crazy B yeah I think like <laughs> to do the job you have to be like a little bit crazy I don't know if like crazy is the word I would use it's okay what would like, you use it's kind of just like weird like who would volunteer like who is that person to like volunteer to get smashed with like you know, inanimate objects, like, flying yeah. at you. Like, that's just, like, a weird thing to be like, yeah, that's what I want to do with my life. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. sacrifice. <laughs> we all sacrifice our bodies, but it's just, like, in a different way. It's just your face. You know? Like, I'm going to sacrifice yeah. my face. Just um, my face. So no biggie. Um, so you talk about loving the training. What was it about the training that you really loved and wanted to pursue more? I don't know. I think it's just like so different. And I got kind of in a good, um, good rhythm. It was one of those like, back where I was like a crazy, like wild goalkeeper coach, like Dave Gold, he was English, like brought so much energy and so much like banter, which like, you know, everyone loves to have fun. I like humor, like 
I think, as you know, like I laugh really easily. And so like, if I get someone who can like make me laugh, but also like can be kind of not like a jerk, but like witty in their humor, I'm like, yeah, I want to like work for you. Like, that's funny. Like I know at least I'll have fun every day. So I think like he brought that to the table and it was like one of those Sunday night clinics where you just get to like come in and like train with like people older than you, people younger than you, boys, girls, like everyone. And it was just like a really fun environment of like weird humans that just like laughed at each other the whole time. And so I don't know if it was so much the training, but it was just like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And then mm-hmm. the training was kind of like secondary. And then I was like, oh, well, guess I'm a goalkeeper now. I, I mean, go, uh, coaches are so important in our pursuit of everything that we do. And um, I love that, that it, it really was the atmosphere that was created, but you kind of let me down there a little bit, B, because I just thought I was always funny. And so you laughed at my <laughs> jokes. <laughs> People tell me I'm a good hype woman, you know, you, like, you want to feel funny, like I'm your girl. Um, I love that. Well, so early on in your career, so you were in high school when you were faced with like your, your first big obstacle in your, your soccer career. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I was with the, I think I was like 16 and with the under 17s, um, youth national team playing in Argentina and, uh, we had had keeper training and we had finished that up and, um, their, our assistant coach was like, Oh, I heard you're good with your feet. Like, let's see, you know, let's see where this goes. We're playing possession. If you guys are done, do you want to hop in? And I think like all keepers love, you know, getting to jump into possession because it's mm-hmm. kind of rare. Cause we're always like out there early and then you guys are kind of going and we miss all like the fun games and everything. So when we get a chance, we're like, yeah, definitely throw <laughs> me in there. Give me a penny. So, um, I got to jump into that. And then, um, I think at that point, which is like kind of similar to what's going on more and more these days with like young kids is I was just like overworked. Like it had been like a lot of camps, a lot of stuff in the gym. Like obviously, you know, we're all focused people at that, like who people don't get there for no reason, you know? And like, I don't think I was different. Like, you know, I worked really hard, but kind of to a point where it was like too much. And I think like my body had been trying to tell me that with like little nicks here and there. And then, um, so I jumped into this possession and, uh, I was like, just trying to cut off an angle and, you know, so hyped and so amped to just like be involved and playing this like cool game. And then I just like cut and it buckled and, you know, heard the pops and the whole shebang. And I was like, I had never really been like seriously injured before that. And, um, I felt like such a wimp because, you know, I had like a, you know, crazy reaction to it. Like, Cause I didn't know what it was and mm-hmm. I'm like crying at national team camp and I'm like trying to like laugh it off. And like in my head, I'm like, you're such a baby. Like you're such a wimp, like stop crying. And mm-hmm. like, so I'm trying to like smile as they're like carrying me off the field. And then I'm like, okay. Like, and I think it just like, I was super shocked when they told me, cause I was like, Oh man, I'm just like being so wimpy about this. Like, I'm sure it's nothing like, you know, and then they like do the test as you know what that is at this mm-hmm. point in your life. Um, mm-hmm. And I had no idea what that was or like what that signified that they were even doing that. And um, they they were like, okay, we're going to walk out. And they like left the room and then they came back in and I was just like shocked. Yeah. So that was, that was wild. And that was how that journey started. And it's so interesting. So many of the things that you talk about right there. I mean, one, just, I think it's just the mentality of us as athletes. Like how do we mix this idea of like being a strong, tough, good work ethic, hard work ethic athlete with like, I also have to um, respect my body and say, okay, maybe I need to rest. Like, how do we learn that? Right. I think, um, especially when you're younger, for me, like that was something like, and I think it's getting to be more prevalent nowadays where it's like, you just like, don't really understand the value of rest. It's kind of just like, Oh, you're young. You don't have to stretch. You don't have to do this. You don't have to get warmed up. Like just jump in work, work, work every day, which like, don't get me wrong. Like there is a lot of value in hard work as you know, like you're, that's like a big part of who you are. I think it's similarly a big part of who I am. So it's not to like, I think that's important nowadays. Right. Right. Exactly. Is just working hard and kind of grinding through stuff. But at the same time, especially now in my career, it's just kind of like trying to listen to your body. And I think we all kind of want to be tough and be like, no, I can push through this and I can get through it. And again, you know, there's value and importance on that as well. But there are some times where I kind of just need to be like, I know if I'm like going to push through this, I'm going to really set myself back. And I think 
for a big part of my career that really hurt me is just trying to like not be that person who's going to like pull themselves out of stuff. And now I'm kind of like, you know, listen, if I want to keep playing soccer, like I can't, I can't do that to myself anymore, you know? And yeah. that's a hard balance to find. For so sure. hard. And I think that because of the amount that we're, uh, as youth athletes and parents and coaches and society and everything like that, like you, like you said, it's happening more and more, especially the ACL injuries, but just injuries in general are happening because people are specifying in sport way earlier and demanding so much more out of their bodies. So, um, how do we teach? I, I feel like we're demanding these young kids to act as professionals and, and saying like, well, you need to treat your body the way you can, or, or they're having to learn this way earlier. Right. So now we have 13 year olds tearing their ACLs and now they're learning, okay, well maybe I have to treat my body right. But all these people around me are working so hard and it's just a really hard, um, like we're demanding so much out of these kids to act like adults in some ways. Right. For sure. And I think like, you know, I was even thinking about that, like kind of just like in regards to your first question, you know, how do you find that balance? And like, Mm -hmm. for me, I think about people like you, I think about like other people who like, I know are like put so much premium on hard work and like just put in the hours in, you know, being prepared and like, you know, all that stuff. And I think about that. And I think what you got to think about if you're a kid, if you're a pro, whatever, is that if it's genuine and you put that kind of work in every day or people see kind of your investment in what you're doing, whatever it is, like whatever your craft is, Mm -hmm. like people see who you are. Like, I I don't think that's something you can hide kind of thing. And so, um, I think if, you know, if you're talking to like kids, but even pros really like, because it is hard for us at this level to be that person who's like, no, I can't train today. You know, or like, you know, like kind of what goes into that and like, what are people thinking of me? Like, Oh, I'm pulling myself out. Like, you know, it's a lot, but I think at the end of the day, like it's hard because you don't, you never want to be that person. But at the same time, like people know you, like there's no way, like you can't hide who you are on the day, especially like as a professional high school, college, whatever, like these people see you day in and day out. They see the type of stuff and like energy that you're investing into it. So I think like, for me, that's something where I'm like, okay, if you really don't know me by now, then like, you don't like know me as a human and know Mm -hmm. that like how much I value getting better, how much I value putting the work in and being prepared. I think like, that's the thing that I would have to use as like some kind of consolation where I'm like, I mean, you got to know, I think like you just got to understand that people do know who you are. Kind right. Of thing. It's like a balance between who, um, it's almost, I, I think we get in our own way. Like we're like, well, if we sit out, then what are people going to think of me? Like, do they think I'm not a good hard worker? But if I play like I'm the, then I'm putting myself at risk. Like it's such right. a hard, this mentality that we've built as an athlete is so great, but also can be kind of damaging at times. I mean, think about what your reaction was right away when you tore your ACL. You were like, I'm a wimp. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, why do we why do we think that of ourselves? Like, do we think that we're as athletes so invincible and so strong that we've worked hard so like nothing bad should happen to us? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's like that double-edged sword where it's like you know like your hard work and like kind of that grind and the grittiness of like athletes is what gets you to the next level in a lot of ways so kind of like you're like yeah I I know I I know I can do this and I know that's like gotten me to like this level and the next level and the one after that like because I am gritty so like Mm -hmm. it's hard to just leave that behind for a second and be like I think in this instance that's gonna hurt me if I don't just be like listen I can't you know yeah it's just interesting I I am really intrigued by our I really think we're crazy. Like we are crazy. If you become a pressure, like if you get to the point where you're a professional athlete, like I think your mind is just, it just thinks so differently and, um, which is good, but also can be tough and, and a little bit, um, it can be detrimental for sure. Yeah. Detrimental. That's a perfect word. That's exactly what I wanted to use. Thanks. Gosh, look at you. Um, okay. So let's go back to your, um, your specific rehab. Do you remember, so you're in high school and this is, I mean, such a challenging time in life in general. Um, Do you remember some of the like big obstacles you had to get over or hurdles within the process, either physically or mentally that really challenged you? 
Um, I think mentally what was hard and like, as you know, everyone's body is different. Like you can't, you can compare, but at the same time, like you can't really, every journey is different. Every year always have like so many variables involved in the process. It's hard. It's hard to be like, Oh, well this person was at spot X for month six and I'm not there and I'm a failure. And like, yeah. so that, so that was something that was kind of, because it was my first injury and I think, you know, it's a big injury, obviously. Um, I did, I wasn't really like aware of how the whole rehab process was going to go. Like I had never been involved in that. And I think the hardest thing mentally is that people kind of view rehab as like, Oh, you're taking time off. Like you got Mm. the day off. Like you went to rehab, like you didn't do practice with us. You didn't do the fitness. Like you didn't do the hard drills that we were doing. And like, you took it off. Like you were resting essentially. And if you, if I think about like my rehab process for that injury or like any major surgery, you really spend so much time rehabbing. Right. And like, yes, physically it's hard for sure because like you're going through getting those muscles firing and like having setbacks and having something not go your way or scar tissue building up. And there's so many different things like, Mm -hmm. as you know, but I think what's hard too is like, mentally it's so taxing to just do these minute things that like, after going through it, I know how much value they have in the long run, but it's just like tedious things where you're like, what am I doing? Like, why am I lifting my leg up with an ankle weight? And my leg looks like a spaghetti noodle. And like, this isn't doing anything. And the ankle weight weighs, you know, a pound, two pounds. And like, what is this doing for me? And like, why am I still at this stage? And And why is it so hard? (laughs) Right. Why is it so hard? Why am I sweating? And like, you know, if I go up to someone on my team and I'm like, oh yeah, I lifted two pounds, two pound weights, like all day for like two hours. I'll be like, oh, well that sounds easy. Like, cool. I just ran sprints. Like, you know, and it's all this like comparison that you do. And it's like kind of a lack of understanding you feel like for people who haven't done it. So Mm -hmm. I think like emotionally and for someone who does value like working hard, it was hard for me to be like, to see people like actually doing sprints or whatever Mm. kind of thing to get better. And it's just like, I don't really have anything to show for what I've done today. Like the immediate impact is not Mm. obvious Yeah, and it doesn't sound hard and it doesn't sound like I'm doing anything difficult. And it sounds like I'm just taking the day off. And it's just like, I think that was like the hardest point, hardest part of it for me. So it was almost like comparison with what your teammates were going through on, on your own, like, within your own mind and then also like the lack of empathy from them and a little bit from yourself, like being empathetic that like this is hard and it might not seem like it's the hardest thing compared to what other people are doing, right? So going back to that comparison, but um, you really had to learn to like view this process as uh, your own journey and something that eventually would help you I think in in different ways like just know yourself better yeah absolutely yeah what do you think you um you know so you're you're in high school and there this is just such a challenge in so many different ways how do you think that that timing of it really helped you as a person and an athlete um I think as a person it was kind of just I think what you just said in your response to what I was saying, like it was like, it was more so a lack of empathy for myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with. And I I know I really struggle with that because it's like I was saying before, I know that like pushing through things and like being tough and like, you know, not being the one to like pull themselves out or to give up or quit. Like it almost feels like I quit by getting injured. Like I know that's not what it is. Of course, at this point, like, that's not at all what it is. But, um, I think at the time, like I really had like a lack of empathy for myself. And I think even today, like it's still hard, you know, if I ever have to be like, Oh, my body's feeling this way or that way. And like to go talk to a trainer about it or to like have a coach be like, Oh, I saw you reported this on fit for 90. Like did what we do yesterday really bother you? Like, why did that bother you? And so Mm -hmm. even now it's, it's still hard. It's hard to have that like empathy for yourself. But I like this, my knee injury was definitely the beginning of that process of like, you know, just learning to understand that like it is a journey and like you kind of just have to get through it and appreciate the little victories for what they are and know that like what I'm putting in is genuine. Like I, I know myself at this point to know that like 
I'm never taking stuff off. I'm never taking days off. Like it's always like I'm putting something into the tank and like viewing that for what it is. Like it may not be doing a hundred sprints today because like my body can't handle that at this point, but I know I'm like investing what I can to get better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, um, and, and it might not be from this exact um, injury recovery because you've had a couple other injuries since then, correct? Yeah, I have. Um, but was there a quote that really resonated with you or a book that you read that really helped you get through the mental game, the mental um, barriers that build up during this process? Mm, let me think about that. I think um, – <laughs> One that you really like and that is just kind of like a classic, at least I would hope for athletes, is Mind Gym, you know? Mm, love it. I think, yeah, um, I haven't, I actually haven't read it in a while, but um, I think it's something that I know I can like go back to for just like, it, it's like an easy read in terms of like it's stuff that we all go through and so like right. you can relate to it really easily and it's all applicable. I think it's like, diff- obviously it's not like soccer specific, it's different sports, but it's just like it's easy. Like you just make that jump and that connection, like it's so relatable, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just like, you kind of see that like your problems, not that they're not unique, like every problem, every journey is unique, but just like there are ways to get through it, you know? And, um, I didn't really have like, I don't have a quote that I can think of, but the one that I like, I always like is the, you know, all quotes are like a bit cheesy. So what can you do? But a little um, cheesy. I, I love it's like cheesy, cliche you know? because cliche is like it's cliche for a reason like it's cheesy for a reason because it like really is true <laughs> yeah it is it 100% is I depend on quotes very much so <laughs> um probably like I would have two and it's one of those where it's just like um it all like begins in your mind begins and ends in your mind and like kind of what you give power to like has power over you so kind mm-hmm. of just you know knowing like that your mind is like both like your biggest, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, biggest helper, but also can be like, yeah, your biggest asset, but also can be like, you know, the opposite of asset. What's the word I'm looking for? You know know. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I'm struggling. Gosh, I thought I was going to help you again. We helped each other with one word each. Now now I can't think of um, your biggest, I don't know. not downfall, but like that's kind of the word. Yeah. That I'm like you know, the thing that I'm trying to convey is like it, it that like it's just everything within like your your ears, like that's where it all is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of just the other one that's um, you know the classic, just like believe in yourself and all that you are, and like know that there's something inside of you that's greater than any obstacle, because like. Mm. At the end of the day, like, you're going to go through obstacles every day. Like, like, that's cheesy as well, but, like, it's just the truth. Whether it's, like, traffic, whether it's a big injury, whether it's, like, you're not getting along with someone or something's going on in your life. And it's just, like, there's always going to be obstacles. And it's just, like, you're you're going to get through it. Like, you don't ever hear about people who, like, everyone gets through it at some point. You know, it's just that's the journey that you're on. That's where you're at that day, that moment. And like, there is going to be an end point. Like there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, kind of thing. For sure. And so that for me, my mom's like a big, my mom and my aunt are big, like mental people. So, mm-hmm. um, that helped me a lot. Yeah. And you just said light at the end of the tunnel. Do you remember that moment within, um, your, ACL injury can you remember back then or most recently you had a what what was your most recent injury recovery that you had uh I tore my meniscus on that knee actually okay Um, yeah so just those I think those moments are so important because um it can it can lead you to hope again and I think they sometimes come at the moment where you're like oh is this ever gonna end and then you're like oh my gosh I right, can, I can exactly. do this. So do you recall yeah. those moments? Yeah. I think especially for this like last one, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to make it back for, before the season ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially they like, weren't really sure. And so I kind of like set a goal with my trainers, you know, you put the work in and it's a lot of work to get better. And especially when you have like a short time frame. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of, you know, like there's that pain where it's like, and this is similar to like that fine line, that balance of like, what do you push through and what do you kind of say? Like, okay, like this is serious. I need to listen to my body. Um, and I think like those moments kind of come when like you do feel like 
not pain, but it's just like a different feeling because you haven't yeah. used these muscles in a long time. And like initially you're like, whoa, I don't know what this is. Like, am I going to push through this? Is it serious? Like, do I need to stop? And like, you have so much energy in the tank. So like, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like I'm, I'm trying it out. Let's just see where it goes. And so like for this last process, I kind of was like, I had been jogging and then they're like, all right, we're going to do cutting today. And like my goal to be back on the field was like within the next couple of weeks. So I knew like I had to kind of get this in, like mm-hmm. start cutting soon. And mm-hmm. like we did it and it was totally fine. And I was like, there it is. Like I'm here. You it know? was like your mind was more scared than your body was. Right. And that's how it usually is. You know, like your body's ready and like your therapist and everyone knows that you've put in the work and like they've all been through it. They know what the journey is like. They know that your body is physically ready because they got you ready, you know? Yeah. And so it's they know it's all like it's mental at that point. So what did you do that day to trust your body? Like to have your mind trust your body? Like, do you remember what you were thinking? Do you remember what you were focusing on? Um just seems interesting to me because that happens so often where we really have to convince our minds that we're okay. Yeah. I think like, and I think you can relate to this. Like you do get to a point where, especially if you've been through a couple um, of serious injuries, like whatever they may be um, where you kind of like, you know, that point that you hit where you're like, I don't know if this is pain that I should, be going past or pain that I should be recognizing. And so kind of for me, it was like, just like experiencing what my body was going through and not kind of just, you know, blindly being like, no, I'm going to push through this and be tough. And like, I can do this, which like we all have, like, that's why we're playing at this level. Like that's natural. But like, for me, just like being really present and not like kind of not trying to get in my own head about it. That's the biggest thing for me, you know, cause I, I am a head case. Like, you know, I, I would, put my hand up for that for sure like right off the bat but um so we know who we are kind of thing so it was just kind of just not getting ahead of myself and just being in the moment and feeling what I was going to feel and if it was too painful being like hey you know it's not the day today and if it was just like my body getting used to it like accepting that for what it is and going from there Mm -hmm. do you think having this big injury so early on in your career um helped you in any way it aided in your success in the long run? Yeah, I think really the part that we touched upon a little bit earlier that helped me was just empathy for myself, Mm. you know, and I think that that comes across in in a lot of aspects of being not only an athlete, but being, you know, a human, like you have to have like empathy for, you know, life is hard. Like that's Mm -hmm. just how it is. Life is hard. Um, But there's, obviously like so much good there, but there are going to be days where you have a bad day or you're going through something rough and to not like beat yourself up about it, you know, Mm -hmm. not beat yourself up if you're not like at the exact place that you thought you were going to be. I think like you're similar to me where like we like set goal, like, you know, when you're a kid, like, you know, you set goals, you have like checkpoints that you want to hit. And like, you know, I had been hitting them all. Like I was where I wanted to be. And you know, this happens and it's unexpected, but you kind of just got to give yourself a little bit of grace. Like, It wasn't really in my control kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and just going from there. And um, I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from that. And it's really helped me as I've gone on in my career. Right. So let's let's transition a little bit to your career and talk about kind of all the cool things that you've done. So after high school, you got you were my teammate at Santa Clara. And I want to know, you know, Um, growing up in the Bay, was it always your dream to go to Santa Clara? Yeah, I think I was kind of like, I'm like very loyal as like a human, like that's just how my brain works. And that's kind of how I get invested into things. Um, And so I grew up going to Buckshaw when it was the baseball field. And like, you know, I saw like the the 7-1 win against Notre Dame. And like, Mm -hmm. I saw Lakeisha Bean, and I saw like, good goalkeepers and I saw good goalkeepers on Santa Clara. And I saw Allie Wagner and Allie Wagner's mom, Vicky Wagner actually coached my club team when we were like six or seven you oh, know yeah and so that was where the initial investment in Santa Clara stemmed from mm. and so to see like I actually saw Allie Wagner and Daniel Slayton and Anna Krause win their last national championship as a club team cool so like we were like really in it my dad was like trying to be so cute like soccer dad and like <laughs> get me into the soccer world Gosh, like I, I don't even so know much. he's a cutie you know he's a weirdo but like a cutie mm-hmm. um And so he, like, we actually went to Arizona and, like, watched a national championship. Like, who does that? So weird. But um, 
it was great. And so that's how I started following those guys. And then when they were all going to Santa Clara, it was like, oh my gosh, what a deal. So um, we were part of their whole, like the, the heartbreak when like that group lost mm. to Notre Dame and at San Jose state. Yeah, yeah. And like, I li- I was like, crushed. 99, like 99. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I was crushed. Yeah. Like I watched that with my dad and like, obviously it was like starting to be a keeper then to sort of like see it come off a goal kick. I was like, Oh my God, like that just happened. My dream team, like they were going to win it all. <laughs> so, um, to see them like come back in the next couple of years and like finally get it and to beat UNC and mm. like, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, cool. I went to Santa Clara and I was like, that was my dream. I so love that. That was awesome. I love that. Um, and we never treated goal kicks the same. I know. After that, you always saw that video and that, you know, so it was right. Which was great. I mean, gosh, we got some really great coaching at Santa Clara. We're, <laughs> we're pretty lucky. Just all the we tactics were. that we learned, but one game in particular, B, stands out to me. I mean, you you are a phenomenal goalkeeper, and there are so many no, times thanks, that George. you saved my butt as the slow center back in front of you. But no. um, I remember playing Oklahoma State in the playoffs. Do you remember this game? Yes, of course. Oh, my gosh, B. You had – how many PKs did you save? And I think you took a penalty kick in to help us win as well. I definitely did. It was <laughs> very fun one of the highlights if not the highlight of my college career oh my gosh so we're playing Oklahoma State in the second round I believe at Buckshaw and Bianca saved what'd you say two penalties yeah I think two like what's your I want to know what's your mindset as a goalkeeper like you're in the goal these are big moments and I think goalkeepers like kind of thrive on big moments like that like good goalkeepers like they want that they want the pressure they like to show up and and show their focus in those moments like what do you think when you're there standing there I don't know are you trying to intimidate the shooter what are you doing talk to me um I want to know more I think you are like spot on with saying like I think a lot of keepers do thrive under pressure I mean listen you're gonna have bad days or bad moments where you fall short of that goal but uh, I think that's just what the job is. Like, you can't really deny that there's pressure wise. Like, if you make a mistake, like, 99% of the time, it's going to be a goal. That's just kind of the reality of the position. Not to say, like, oh, it's harder or less hard than any other position on the field. Like, that's just one part of it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, PKs, for me, like I said, going back to, you know, me being a head case and like having a bazillion thoughts in my mind at all times, um, it's kind of just like if I, start thinking about like other people I kind of like take myself out of the process so for me it's all just about like being present and like I kind of try and frame it as like listen you know you're not really supposed to save it it's kind of like you know PK it's a shot that's 12 yards out like this is especially at like a professional level international level like the forward should make this so like no pressure on you like just do what you can and be in it and like it's kind of especially like just trying to like hold your ground for as long as you can is what mm-hmm. it is for me. Cause I think if you can get a good, uh, good read or just wait it out and not jump too early, like I think you have a really good chance at, you know, Gosh. saving a PK. Such so patience, fun. such patience. And it's, I mean, it's incredible when a goalkeeper saves a PK. I don't know, like as a, as a field player, I don't know if there's like, it's like scoring a goal and then when a goalkeeper saves a PK there, those are probably like the top two like endorphin peaking moments because it is just incredible. Cause you, like you said, it is all, all the pressure is on the shooter. Like the goalkeeper, if, if you save it, like awesome, but the, the player should make it. And it's to watch you save two kicks and score a PK. I was like, Bianca, what else can you do? Like you were amazing. That was, no, a fun, that was a really fun day. Yeah, that was a everyone, fun game. Yeah. Um, so we moved on from, from Santa Clara, right? And you, you get draft, drafted into the, um, excuse me, WPS. And weeks yeah. after you get drafted, the league folds. Like, what is your, what were your thoughts when that happened? Um, you know, it's funny because, like, I think you know my mom at this point and, like, kind of how, like, wild she is and just totally emotional, like, firecracker lady, like, no filter says whatever she thinks whatever's on her mind like you know that about her um and so I got a degree in accounting and she was all about like you know school and getting a good degree and like figuring your life out and so I think she kind of was hoping that when school ended I would like 
go do something in like the corporate world or like live a normal life. And so I remember we went out to this dinner and um, the draft was in like a couple days or something. And we were kind of just like, it was like a family dinner and mm-hmm. hanging out. And she was like, so what do you think you're going to do? And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to play soccer. And she was like, we're still doing this, the soccer thing. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think, I think that's what I'm going to do. If I could do it, I would love to keep playing. And she like started crying. And um, so she was like, and you know, my mom, like it's all love. Like, oh yeah. Know, I've, she doesn't I love, think she like, was anyone. more nervous for anything because I mean her during games she'll give anybody anxiety like no absolutely like so- can't sit by anyone like can't she's like people try to talk to her and she's like don't talk to me don't I'm I can't do this right now I can't and I'm just like mom like you need to relax so um I think it's just like more nervous that like that journey was going to continue for me and obviously yeah. like as you go up levels like there is more heartbreak. There's more at stake. Like it starts becoming, it's a livelihood at this point. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I think like for her, she just wanted more like security. Like she grew up in a family of 12. So yeah. I think like it was kind of just, she wanted that life for all of us, like where we knew what was going to happen next. And of course, like you don't know what's going to happen next when you play mm-hmm. at this level. So um, the draft happened. I got drafted, thankfully. And then the league folded. So um I think she was pumped thinking like maybe that journey was going to be over. I actually, it worked out for me because I had just um, gotten, I needed to get my ankle reconstructed um, because I got just, uh, I hurt it really badly at another camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up, ended up working out in my favor because I didn't really realize how serious it was until I kind of like took a look at it, got an MRI. Um, so it actually worked out for me. And yeah. then, you know, the NWSL came back like the next year or so, and I got to just jump in there. Yeah. Um, and jump in, you did. You, you played with FC Kansas City for your first year. Yeah. T- traded to Houston your second year, still with Houston now as we speak. And um, just talk about some of your favorite memories in NWSL and, you know, f- playing as a professional athlete. Like, how does it feel to be living your dream? Yeah, I think that's something that um, I just like I never really take for granted. And I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of easy to do at this level and not to say that everyone does it like, you know, there are good days and bad days. But um, I kind of do know at this point that at a very basic level, like it just makes me happy. It brings me like a lot of happiness to be kicking a soccer ball for a living. You know, I get to like hang out with my friends. I get to compete, which I love. Like, I think a lot of people because I laugh so much and I smile and like, you know, I love having a good time. I love joking. Like don't Mm. know that I also like, I love to compete and I love to get into it. And I love to like, I love to win and be good and like to improve. Like, that's just like, that's something that's really fun for me. Um, so just to get to be a part of that every day and to, to like play games and like just compete against really good soccer players is just, it's fun. You know, there's no two ways about that. Like, right. it's just fun. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of like where I'm at and kind of stripping everything down and just realizing that like this does bring me a lot of happiness. Yeah. So and it's brought you all over the world, too. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you you won the under 20 Women's World Cup like you were a World Cup champion. You have a gold medal. Like what? How cool is that experience? Um, you know, if I did win, it would have been really cool. You didn't Um, win? No, my team sadly did not. So, um, we were one of the, one of the few U.S. teams that didn't, but. No, I um, didn't either, so. Hey, so you We lost in PKs in both the semis and the finals. We, uh, lost in PKs as well. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, you went to Germany. You were in Germany, not Argentina, right? Right, correct. Ah, da da yeah. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan didn't know what she was talking about. Um, well, still cool. I mean, to go to Germany and then go back to Germany and play with Bayern Munich, one of the biggest teams in the world. How was yeah, that experience? That, that was amazing. And I think, I think the cool thing about going abroad and getting to travel is that, like, the cultures everywhere are different. You know, it's nothing is, like, no one place is like another, like Mm -hmm. they're all very different. And, um, you kind of get to see how they operate in a soccer sense in Germany, how like they live their lives over there. And I was lucky enough to be a part of a huge club, Bayern Munich. And, um, you know, they give, they were like, 
had all these things for like the women's players as well and like great facilities and like we got to go to Champions League games Jeez. and like yeah. I got to and like you sit like two rows back at half field like it was just like it, out of this world honestly and I got to bring my brother to one of those games and he was just like it's really cool like the experience that you experiences that you do get from playing soccer are like not something that you can replicate anywhere else really you mm-hmm. know like when will I ever get to sit like you know it could definitely happen again but like two rows back at a Champions League game with Barca, uh, Bayern Munich and uh, Man City. Like, when is that going to happen again in my life? You know, like, yeah. it's just wild, honestly. And, you know, it takes a lot of, um, you, you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, just the heartbreak that um, I think your mom was trying to protect you from and the heartbreak that you faced throughout your whole career, you know, with injuries, with things not working out the way you would want it to, like we just talked about with the U20s. Um, there's severe heartbreak in a lot of this. and But in the end, it's like all that heartbreak and all the suffering and the pain is is worth it for moments where you are like so present and living out something that you've only imagined. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like actually what book – oh, the – the subtle art of not giving a whatever. I don't know if you want me to swear on your uh, podcast, but you know that book, what I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, it was really cool. There was like a quote that really resonated with me because I think we all like have a hard time like failing. Like it's never cool to like fail in front of someone. But like the guy was like, if you're unwilling to fail, then you're unwilling to succeed. Like you're mm-hmm. never going to get anywhere by just being successful all the time, every day. Like you're not testing yourself enough and you can't improve that way. Mm. Um so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be and there has been there have been in my career like a, there's been a ton of heartbreak um, and that kind of just comes with the job. You know, if you play sports like nothing is ever guaranteed. Every day is a gift and heavy on the cheese in this podcast, Jordan. But like that's kind of how Love I view it. Like, yeah. <laughs> every every day is a gift and like to have another chance to like, again, just go out and kick a soccer ball like that makes me happy and I get so much out of it. And when I do like fail, like I know that I I'm going to improve. I'm going to get better at it. Cause I mean, a lot of, I think everyone at this level doesn't like to fail. So I think that just raises your, you know, awareness mm-hmm. of what you need to improve on. And then you just get pushed to the next level and you do get those moments where it's like, Hey, like this is life. Like I'm in it. And this is like the most amazing feeling that I will never get anywhere else. Yeah. And a lot of those feelings stem from failure, from the heartbreak, from the setbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Uh, recently, you made the transition, Bianca, to play with the Mexican national team. Talk about, you know, just elaborate more on why you chose to do that and how cool of an experience this has been for you as a human and kind of with um, tapping into the a side of who you are, you know, on your family's background, but also just as a soccer player. Yeah, I think, you know, as a Mexican-American, like, you, I just grew up in the U.S. Like, I didn't really necessarily choose, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to play for the U.S. team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a conscious choice. It's kind of just you go through the program and, like, here we are. And, you know, step by step, you kind of just go up the ladder if you're, like, so lucky or, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, but my Mexican side of who I am is a huge part of who I am. And I think anyone who's met me can attest that in the way that like, I'm very emotional. Like I'm very high. Oh, like I never, I can't like live in the middle. And I think a lot of that is because I like comes from, you know, my culture and what I grew up with. And like, again, going back to my mom, like she is a wild woman in terms of like emotions, like she's all over the page, but like, that's what makes her who she is. And to me, and I think to most people that know her, like that's what makes her great. And like, that's kind of how I like to like, think about how I do things. Like, that emotional part of me is such a big part of who I am and has pushed me to like levels I know I can never get to without it. And it gives me a lot of empathy. It gives me a lot of heart. It gives me so many things. And I've always viewed that as like, Oh, that's my Moreno side. Like that's that side of the family or like, that's that side of like who I am. So I've always placed like a really high premium on like that part of me as a person. And I I love that part of me. And I think it's hard for anyone to be like, Oh, I love that part of myself. But like, genuinely like that's a big part of like what I love about myself so finally getting to like have the paperwork go through and get to be a part of like this wonderful culture like they bring that in everything that they do we bring that in everything that we do like it's just a very passionate team and that is something that obviously we're hoping is gonna just 
if we can kind of really um, have that trickle down and just be a motor for everything that we do and kind of like the thing behind everything that we do, I think that's kind of what's going to push that team, this team to the next level, you know? Absolutely. Do you remember your first moment of either wearing the, the practice gear or wearing the jersey for the first time and just thinking how proud you were to put that on? Yeah, I think for me, um, it was hard because going back to injuries, uh, mm-hmm. the first camp that I went to, I had a torn hamstring and mm-hmm. I didn't know and I had to get an MRI there. So like the first camp that I was in, I didn't really get to do anything. And so I think it was hard because like they had all these expectations and I just didn't get to meet them because like I couldn't play and, you know, it was kind of a letdown for everyone. So to have that be your first camp was frustrating. So that moment for me really was in my second camp when it was another thing where it was a time crunch and I kind of was like really pushing it and, you know, obviously trying not to push it too hard because with muscles like, you know, a little tweak and you're back to square one. Sensitive. Um, They're super sensitive. Super sensey, those guys. Um, <laughs> and so that was another hard process. So um, I tried my best to get ready for our Olympic qualifying roster. And uh, I came in and right off the bat, they were like, listen, um, obviously we can't have you on the roster if you can't be ready to step in and play a full game. And I was like, understand that 100%. Mm-hmm. So like from day one, they were like, we're going to push you as hard as we're pushing everyone else out here. And I was like, I get that. That's where we're at. And you guys need to make decisions. So um, kind of just being able to train in that first training. And I think I got to make like, you know, a decent save and everyone was like, Oh wow, you can play soccer. And I was like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> terrible. I promise. So that was probably that moment for me. Oh, that's so cool. And that moment too, especially when you go in with a new team or any team and like they view you as an injured person and you do something and they just think of you as a teammate and not an injured person. Exactly. I, that is like such a good feeling. And I don't think people who, have not had those those moments who have not had serious injuries can really attest to like how much we just want to be valued as a teammate and not like judged by our past um injuries exactly you said that perfectly George that's exactly how it is well thanks B um I think it's just awesome I'm so happy for you and I think that um the Mexican national team is lucky to have you and I mean you step up in big moments so I think I think they're if if that's the goal of the team, they've got the right girl. Yeah, I'm very lucky to be a part of it as well. And yeah. I'm so excited for that that journey. Yeah, I bet. Um, okay, before I ask you a couple last questions, I am doing this little rapid fire. Pew, 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 pew. I, I don't have a sound effect, so I just do it. Pew, um, pew. <laughs> uh, are you ready for rapid fire? And you've got to answer as quickly as you can be. Okay, I'll do my best. Okay, what's your favorite nickname? B. B. Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite emoji? The one with the glasses or the salsa dancer. Oh, gosh. I know. We just, I just told you I love the one with the glasses. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite athlete? Steph Curry. Who, what's your favorite color? Blue. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Favorite song right now? Oh, God. Uh, probably Breathe by Astrid S. Hmm. I don't know that one. Uh, yeah, that's good. Maybe you have to make us a playlist. Oh, yeah, I'm down. I'm okay. always down for the playlist. Okay, perfect. Who did you last dream of? Oh, wow. That's like, you're putting me under the gun here. Yep, Holy. Yep. I dream, my last, I'll tell you mine first. I dreamed of, I listened to Gary Vanderchuk, who's like a podcast, or he, he's an entrepreneur, and I had a dream he was in it, which is so weird. Oh, my God. I think I listened to him too much. Yeah, maybe take a break. Or... <laughs> Love it. Um, probably uh, my dog. Hanging out with my dog. Okay. If you had a superpower, what would you choose? To fly. Who's your best friend? Uh, Nia Williams. Shout out. Uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, right. Uh, Tools yeah. and Titans. Tools and Titans. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I need to read that. I listen to him a lot too. Uh, who's your Me favorite? Too. Who's your favorite teammate, or maybe your favorite like goalie training partner of like, somebody that you trained with that you just loved? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I'm a big fan of Erin McLeod. She's a great training partner. Yeah. Biggest pet peeve? Oh, uh, 
um, complaining, hate complaining. Yeah. Um, back to Erin. I got to get her on the podcast. Gosh, what a cool story. She, she is. would be great. Yeah. I, know. I want to get her and Ella together and talking about, um, just supporting people through the process too, because Erin just, you know, going through her last, it's her third ACL and I want to know what it's like for other people to help. Oh, that would be great. I right? hope you do that. Um, do you have tattoos? I do. What's your favorite one? Uh, probably the first one I got, uh, to saying that my grandma said it's no, I'm all no venga. And it basically means there is no bad, which good does not follow. Mm, preach B. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, add some more cheese to this. I love I it. I know. Just Gosh. Um, who's your favorite comeback athlete? Oh, that's a good one. Comeback athlete. Uh, yikes. I don't know. You're definitely up there, Jordan. I got to be honest. Oh. Very in- inspiring back in my Santa Clara days. And it oh, was, please. I think, was that that year at Buck at uh, Oklahoma State, your last year? Yes. I think I was going to say that we were talking about it. Like, you know, that was you and everyone that was in that class of yours, you know, at that yeah. point. Um, it's just like you get this sense of like playing for those guys. And I think I just wasn't ready for that journey to end for us oh. yet. You know, me neither. Well, we had one more game at Stanford. And I know. We all know, like, we all know how so that much went. longer. We lost the next weekend, but you know, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I played on a torn meniscus that game. And I just remember crying during the game Yeah, because it, it hurt so bad. And that the things Teresa, we go through. Teresa no- Noyola free kick. Wow. Yeah. Remember gosh. it, have a picture of it. Ugh. Ugh. Still want to give her a noogie for that one. Um, So are you an early riser or night owl? Night owl, 100%. What's the last song you sang to in your car? Oh, my God. I don't sing ever. But um, You just let your brother sing? Yeah, I literally just listen to that guy sing all day. Probably one of his songs, honestly. So that doesn't really help you in this. But, you know, he's a gem. Is he on – has he recorded anything that's, like, on Spotify or – no, but he needs to, don't you think? Oh my gosh, yes. People Get on it. it. And you can put it on your playlist that you're making us because I'm making you um, do that. Um, yes. If you left for vacation to- today, where would you go? Europe, probably. Italy or Spain. Mm. Choose one. Choose one. Spain. Okay. Where in Spain? Uh, I want to go to like the heart of it, like Madrid. I've been to all these like obscure parts of it, but I'd like right. to be like in the middle of it all. Cool, cool. And you'd see a soccer game, right? Yeah, one or two, probably. Yeah, I mean, you have to. What's your favorite thing, um, way to work out that's not soccer? Uh, I love to dance, as you know. Love to dance. Mm -hmm. So either that or, like, the bike. Cool. Um, I love that people think, like, I love that you said dancing because people think, like, so literally. And I'm like, no, like, do anything. Like, I like to hike or, like, I like to paddleboard. Gosh, I like to paddleboard. I wish I could paddleboard all the time. I know. Um. Okay. Do you, so now you've gone through so many injuries. Are there still things that you do every single day to keep yourself, um, fit in the way that you know that you can perform? So like go to exercises that you've learned through your injury recovery that you were out of rapid fire, by the way. Thank goodness. (laughs) Made it through. Um, any go-to exercises that you do every day that help you stay fit? Uh, I think one that ones that I love doing are pull-ups. It's just like a really like full body, like got to engage a lot of stuff. So I love doing, if I can do pull-ups, I love doing pull-ups. I love doing core. Cause it kind of like is my moneymaker at this point in my career. Like mm-hmm. it's what allows me to be explosive and I can usually do it. Um, depending on even, you know, if I'm injured, so probably pull-ups, core push-ups, like those are my faves. Mm-hmm. Do you, during your injury recovery, did you find, um, and it's, within any of them, did you find a creative outlet that you felt like you could do that helped get your mind off of the reality of your injury? Yeah. Uh, for me, that's photography. And Mm. I kind of like, I view that, like, I know what's going on in my life if I can like do photography, because like for me, in order for it to be fun and like enjoy it, like I have to be very, very present and I have to kind of essentially like turn everything else off. And so it was good in a way it kind of like pushed me when I was going through injuries, like mentally, because I just like, if I wanted to enjoy like taking photographs, like I can't be like thinking about everything else, but there are times where I'm just like, listen, I just can't do it today. Like I have too much on my mind or like, you know, I can't get that escape, but, um, that was my outlet for sure. I love that. I just talked to a different Bronco, a Denver Bronco yesterday, and he was saying how he, 
did a lot of photography too during his rehab. And I love that both of you connected to that because I, I think that creativity is something that we find outlet in in our sport a lot of the times. And when that's gone, we not only physically lack stuff, but we lack creativity. And so finding a proper outlet for yourself is so key. Are you still, are you still doing photography now? Yeah. Um, yes, I am. I think I'm kind of in a similar point right now where it's like, I do have a lot on my mind and a lot on my plate at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. So I need to get, I do think I need to get back to it because even if it's like difficult or if I know I I have a lot going on, it is something where I can kind of like check out, you know? Yeah. Well, let's do this, B. I'll challenge you to um, take some photos and maybe when we release this podcast, we can do it with like a print of one of your pictures and do like a contest for people to, to enter to win one of your photos. Oh, absolutely. I'm down for a challenge. Love that. That would be so Jordan. cool, right? Okay, so yeah. we're, we're going to do that too. I'm just signing you up for all the things. <laughs> I know. I love it. Make <laughs> <Okay>. me better. <laughs> all right, so now last, last two questions here. You, we're down the line. We're talking um, years from now when you've stopped playing. What do you want your legacy to be within the sport and for what people remember you by? I think at the end of the day, I just want to be remembered as like a teammate that you could count on and someone that was like there for you. Like if you needed a kick in the butt, if you needed someone to talk to, if you needed someone to laugh with and um, someone who worked hard every day. Like yeah. just those are all like simple and, you know, keeping with the cheesy thing. But like for me, that's really important. And yeah. I think that's why I'm, why I'm a goalkeeper, because I like people to know that, like, I like being there for people. Um, so I want to be remembered as someone who, um, you know, made people better. Yeah. Um, did you just switch something on your voice because you got really low? Uh-oh. Now I can't hear you at all. Bianca? <laughs> I wish you could hear what I hear. It's, like, so faint. I only have one more question, so I don't know if I'm going to get it in. Um, well, I'm just going to ask, and maybe I can adjust the volume within um, my editing stuff. But, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and kind of share a little bit about your scar stories and your uh, journey throughout your career. And the last thing is the podcast is called Show Your Scars, and you have um, acquired quite a few scars all over your body throughout your career and I just want to know what show your scars means to you I think for me it's just kind of being like proud of or like recognizing the journey that has shaped you to be who you are kind of whether or not you want to accept it or not like you don't have that choice like it just that is the reality like it your journey has made you who you are and at this point in my life in my career I'm very like proud of the things that I've gone through and the things that I've made it through and um yeah like that's the key the key takeaway for me is like, it, it is, it has been a journey. I've been through a lot and um, I'm, I'm proud of where I'm at. Love it. Love to love having you a part of the ACL club and um, a proud member of show your scars as someone who goes out there every day and just loves doing what they're doing and appreciating every moment be. So I'm happy I got to call you a teammate at one point and a friend forever and I just wish you the best of luck this season and in your future with your with everything that's going on here in NWSL and um, internationally with Mexico. Thanks, Shore. Thanks for letting me be part of such a great club. I think what you're doing is really amazing. You are welcome. Thanks, B. I love talking to you, man. Hope you guys like that. I think Bianca hit a lot of great points. For me, I never had an injury until I was in college. It was a little bit later in my life. So hard for me to relate to some of the trials and things that you go through when you're a youth athlete. But I think Bianca's mindset was really helpful. And I hope you guys really find something out of that as well. Unfortunately, Bianca got waived from Houston Dash just a week after we had this conversation I'm not quite sure what her next step is. I think she's trying to figure that out on her own, but I know that we all wish Bianca the best. I think that when she listens to this, I hope she inspires herself with some of the things that she said and all that she is capable of doing throughout life, no matter if it's athletics or an injury or a tough trial with family or friends. I think that these lessons that we learn on the sports field can only help us through the tough time. So I hope Bianca takes a little bit of her own advice here, just stays in the moment, listens to her heart and makes the best decision for her. 
you got to know we all at Rooting For You at Show Your Scars, and we know that no matter what you do next, B, you will do something wonderful. Thank you all for listening, and if you have a few moments, go and write us a review. Tell us what you like about the episodes, what you want to hear more of or less of. Either way, I, I would love to hear anything. So thank you guys for your time. I know time is precious and that you just spent an hour with me and Bianca listening means a lot to me. Go out there, show your scars, be proud of what they mean to you.